So what is the most ancient game that is still being played today? We're going to find out today. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of the Solve My World podcast. This is your host, Joseph Ward. Today is the Friday show, which is where I share a product or tip or life hack, something that I think will make our lives a little bit better. Today, I'm going to share kind of a fun one. This is the one of my favorite new games uh, as far as... Um, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for. Games to that help stimulate our brain, I guess. Um, and this is the game of Go. So Go is was actually invented in China more than 2,500 years ago. It's believed to be the oldest board game continuously played to the present day. So, so that that kind of shows its staying power because it's been played for that long. It's it's uh. It's not as common to hear about it in the United States or the Western world because it uh, was it's more of a Eastern culture thing, but it's extremely popular, especially in Japan and China and, and the Koreas. And I can see why, because I, I think it's a lot of fun. Some people call it the, the, um, the Chinese or Japanese version of chess which I don't know if I really like that analogy too much. I guess it kind of makes sense in the fact where it's like the strategy game that's really popular, but the games are very different, as we'll kind of talk about a little bit later. But one thing that's uh, kind of interesting is Go was originally considered one of the four essential arts of the cultured aristocrat in China. And so every uh, every member of the, I guess, the aristocratic class was expected to go through four uh, go to learn the four essential arts and so the first art that they would always learn was an instrument so they'd have to learn an instrument and and I guess I should throw in a disclaimer I don't really know much about this at all so if you know more about it and I'm getting this totally wrong please let me know I basically just read up on it on uh, Wikipedia as I was researching go which was kind of fun. I researched it for like six hours, which was probably way too long. But but anyway, uh, so learning an instrument was the first of the essential arts. And the second one was learning how to play Go. And then the third one was learning calligraphy. And then the fourth one was learning painting. And, oh man, I was going to put down, they had like a little reason, like a little purpose of each of the... Um, each of the steps, but I can't remember them now. It was something like instrument was mastering your body, and then go was mastering your mind, and then calligraphy was expressing something, and then painting was the full form of creativity or something. I can't remember. But anyway, kind of interesting how they did that. But but I thought it was kind of cool that go was, was uh, one of those. Um, so, so with all this being said, what exactly is Go? How do you play it? And that's what I'm going to answer now. So Go is a very simple game to, to learn as far as the rules, but the mastering it is extremely difficult. 
uh, which is kind of how I like games. I like games that are really easy to learn, but they're hard to master because I just think I just really like the simplicity of it. So there's really only two rules in Go. Um, well, I guess I should back up just a little bit. So in Go, you have a board. Uh, generally, you play on a 13 by 13 grid, um, but beginners usually play on a 9 by 9 grid, so that's what I play on, a 9 by 9 grid. Um, and the way you play is is you take turns placing your colored stone, either black or white, depending on which side you are, um, on one of the intersections of the grid. So instead of playing inside the square like we do in many Western games, you pl you place it on the intersection of, of the lines is where you place your pieces. So, so when it's your turn, you can place one of your pieces anywhere on the board and then the end the other person gets to place a piece on the board and that's how you take your turn. So the object of the game is to try to capture as much territory as possible by surrounding it. So every empty space that you're surrounding gives you a point. And so so you're trying to uh, keep the other person out of different areas and try to gain as much area as you can. So so with that being said, that, so that's the object of the game. So the only two rules there are is the first rule is called the rule of liberty. So it it means that each each stone when it's placed on the board then they are considered a group and then that group now has liberties which is any empty space that is adjacent to that group and piece on the board must have at least one liberty otherwise it gets removed from the board so in other words if i surround your group with my pieces and get and and fill in all of the liberties then your pieces get removed from the board and they get captured uh, and so I capture them and those become points for me every piece you capture is a point and and the second rule is is a little bit more complicated and maybe I shouldn't get into it but it's called the co rule and basically all it means is if you if you do something like if you capture the enemy's piece they can't make a move that would capture your piece and then make the board look exactly the same as it did before and this just makes it impossible for there to be a um, basically an endless loop in a game so one example of this is when you have kind of like a diamond shape of four of your pieces and the other person has a part diamond on the, next to it if they capture your one piece that's a corner of the diamond, and I know this is impossible for you to picture, but when you watch a little video of something, then, then you can understand it more. But if you capture their piece, then now you have a diamond and they have three pieces surrounding one of your corners. So then if they played back and captured your piece, the board would look exactly the same as it did before. So, you're, so they wouldn't be allowed to do that. And other than that, that's it. So those are the rules for go so now the strategies is where it gets really complicated and i'm pretty new at the game still so so i can't comment too much on strategies but but basically you um because you can capture uh groups by eliminating all their liberties um that's how you can you can surround area but the only way to stop yourself from being captured is if you have a group that inside the group you have what's called an eye. 
Um, well, you have to have two eyes. So an eye is where you have basically a liberty that's inside your group. So imagine if you had like, um, you had a bunch of your pieces that surrounded an empty space. That would be an eye. Now, if you only have one eye, then the opponent can just surround all of your pieces, and then as their last move, they can place their piece right in the middle, right in your eye. And even though that would normally be a suicide move, which isn't allowed, um, they they could do that, and then you would um, they would capture all of your pieces because by them playing in the middle of your eye, it would eliminate all of your liberties. I mean, yeah, it would eliminate the last liberty seed. So they'd capture your pieces. But if you have two eyes in a group, then it's impossible to be captured because if you play in the one eye, your piece would immediately die before you could play in the next eye in, on your next turn. So basically, if you can get a group with two eyes, it's considered to be alive. And if a group is alive, it can never be captured. So then any area that you surround with a group that's alive is your territory for the rest of the game because it can't be captured. If you only have one eye, you can be captured and so your group is considered dead, which means that the opponent can capture it if they want. And so so the game, you're basically trying to surround certain areas and you're trying to make your groups alive so that your opponent can't capture your groups. And that's probably all I'm gonna say about the actual strategy of the game because um, one that's anymore and I'll start getting into the realm of saying incorrect things because of ignorance and two because it's probably not really that exciting to hear about but suffice it to say that it's very fun uh, at least I think it's fun a lot of people think it's kind of boring but I think it I think the strategy is really interesting after playing a couple rounds it's it's very uh, I think it's very fun one thing that's really cool about the game, too, that I failed to mention is that y they have a built-in system for um, uh, for handicaps. And by handicap, I mean when, you, when one person has an advantage over the other, you can give that person a handicap so that now it's even. So you've got a whole system of... Of, of ranking in Go and that's been devised over the years. And so depending on how good you are is what your rank is. So for example, like my rank right now, I think is technically like a 22 uh, KYU. I can't remember what the KYU stands for, but the bigger that number is, the the more of a beginner you are. And and so the so as you get better, then your number gets smaller and smaller until you get down to one KYU. And then at that point, you switch over to what's considered like the professional level. Um, well, I can't remember if it's considered professional or just um, expert or something. I can't remember what it's called, but but it's called Dan, D-A-N. So then you'd be one Dan uh, all the way up to nine Dan. And nine Dan is like the best in the world. And so whatever level you're at, each, and I, and I could be a little bit wrong with this, but each level uh, represents um, how many handicaps you should get against an opponent. So if I'm a 22 and I'm playing against a 23, then I would get a one stone handicap. Or I mean, they would get a they would get a one stone advantage um, because they 
they're one level behind me. And in theory, they've worked it out to where if you use the handicaps, you should win 50% of your games. So if you're using the handicap system and you're winning more than 50% of your games, then you would actually move up in rank until you're only winning 50% of your games again. And I'm not sure exactly how they decide how to move people up and down ranks, but that's kind of the idea, is if you're winning more than 50% of your games using the handicap system, then you should move up in rank. So very, so it's very interesting. Um, and so you can have up to nine stones as a handicap in a Go game. If you're nine levels ahead of someone, you'd have nine stones. And that would, in theory, even it out so it's a 50-50 chance for who's going to win. So, uh, so I think that's a really cool feature because then you can eat. So even though I've played a little bit, and so if I played against a beginner, I would just kill them uh, because it's a game where you th there's literally no luck, and so if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna get destroyed by someone who does. And so if I play like one one time, I tried to play against someone online, and uh, after making a few moves, they sent me a link and said, hey, this is a really good place to learn how to play uh, if you want to go learn. And I was just like, well, I've already learned how to play, but but I guess I was playing so poorly that they figured I just didn't know what I was doing, which I really didn't. So, um, But anyway, it means that you can, you can still have fun playing against someone who's a beginner. You just give them nine handicaps, and then they have a, a decent chance of, um, of fighting you off. So, um, so I think that's about it for, for the actual game, but I did, uh, read something interesting. I, oh, I wish I would have, I think it was just on Wikipedia, so I can't remember. Ooh. Excuse me. I can't remember what my source was, but, but it was, but they talked about kind of like the three, the three, um, three games that they like that people like to compare that are kind of like all more ancient type games i can't remember why they talk about these three but the three games are backgammon chess and go and and they say that they're interesting because um backgammon is what's considered a man versus fate contest because chance is a very strong role in determining the outcome i mean basically if you have two players that are experts it's just gonna come down to who gets the better rolls of the dice. And so that's why it's man versus fate. Whereas chess, um, you have a conflict of man versus man because you just have, uh, it, there's no luck. It's just all two, two, uh, uh, two players going at it head to head. So it's man versus man. And then they say that go is considered man versus self. Because since you have the handicap system, if you're an honestly ranked player, like I talked about before, you should expect to lose and win half of your games. And so so it's it's more about the self-improvement, because obviously if you're playing at someone that's a lower rank than you, you could just be like, well, they're a lower rank, so I'm expected to win. But with the handicap system, you're expected it's a 50-50 chance. So really all you're doing, you're not really trying to win every game, you're just trying to increase your ability so that your rank gets higher and higher and of course you do that by winning the games that you play but um but losing just means that you your handicap was still 
well, still correct. So as you get better, your your uh, rank will go up. And I just thought that was a really cool, uh, I don't know, a really cool way to look at the different games: man versus fate, man versus man, and man versus self. And of course, I I always like to play games where it's like man versus self. I like to just try to make myself better. Um, I just think that's the thing that drives me is improving my my own skills. Which is why I usually, if it's a game that's you know like in this example, man versus man type of game, I usually like to play against someone who's just a little bit better than me, because then I can try my very hardest, and the other person. Um, won't get discouraged by me beating them or something. Because if I'm playing something, uh, like for example, I, I I like to play ping pong, and um, and for a while I was playing pretty often, and so I was getting to be fairly good. And it got to the point where if I played against someone, I kind of just had to go easy on them, and I otherwise they just wouldn't have very much fun. And I don't really like going easy. So what I did was I started playing left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was and that worked out really well. Except now I'm to the point where I'm almost as good left-handed as I am right-handed. And of course, I'm not trying to say I'm very good at ping pong because because I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not like an expert or anything. But compared to people that don't really play that often, um, I can't think of what the the word is. Uh, um, I can't remember, but but anyway, just people that you know, out of like f my friends and stuff, I'll usually be one of the better ones, and so so I'd play left-handed. But uh, one of my buddies, he's he's all he's about uh, the same as me, except uh, I think he's if we if we played ten matches, he'd probably win six of them. You know, he's just got a little bit of an edge on me, and so I really like playing against him because I can just go as hard as I can. And he's still gonna win more often, and so he's not gonna get like start feeling bad that I'm beating him all the time, and and then I have I still have a, a good challenge to try and beat him. So anyway, I don't know if that makes sense, but but that way I can always be trying my best, and that's where I like the handicap system in Go. It's kind of similar. You basically are always evening the playing field so that you're um, being challenged. So. So anyway, I think that's probably about it. But if any of you out there have played Go before, that uh, let me know. It'd be kind of fun. And I guess I should also mention that uh, me and my sister, who like to uh, play Go, we looked around for a while and we finally found an app. Um, it's called. It's just called Online Go, and it's still in beta right now. But it's it's connected to the Online Go servers, which I can't remember if it's OnlineGo.com or whatever, but. Um, it's kind of a famous uh, website where people can play Go against each other online. But this app lets you um, challenge people and you can take turns. You can either play in real time with people or what I like to do is I'll have a game where you can take as much time as you want and you just kind of play back and forth uh, whenever you have, whenever it's convenient. It's like right now I'm playing like 10 different games against 10 different people and some of them play me back like every few hours if I if I'm doing it and some people it takes them a few days to play back but it's kind of fun because then I can just sit down and play um, without without having to play f sit down for like an entire hour to play I, it probably doesn't take an hour to play a game of go maybe like a half hour but but anyway so that's so if you're interested uh, you might want to look that app up I'd also recommend if you want to learn more about go 
Um, one, I'd probably watch a few YouTube videos on, on how to play just to get an idea. But then an, the app that I used is called, um, see, I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, tell me what you're called. It's called Go Free. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes. But, but it lets you play against the computer. Well, you can play against someone in person too if you want, but you can play against the computer. And one thing that I I did to kind of learn strategy and stuff is I would is you can do a hint, and the hint will tell you what the computer would do, and and so I'll be playing against the computer, and then I'll get I'll be like okay I think maybe I should play here, and then I would do the hint from the computer, and then it would say to play over there. So I'm like huh, so I try and think about why does it want me to play over there, and then I do that, and I kept doing that, and after doing that for for a few days, um, I started getting to the point where I could usually predict where the computer was going to play. And so it kind of taught me some, some strategies and stuff. But, but yeah, if any of you are interested, uh, let me know and, and I'll, I'll play against you in Go on, uh, in the app. But I think that'll be it for today. So thanks for listening to my rambling about my new game that I found, but, um, but I think it's pretty fun. So I think you will too, if you give it a try. And so I think we'll call it an episode and say with that, this has been another episode of the solve my world podcast, designing systems to make our lives and the lives of everyone else in the world a little bit better. Talk to you guys next time. 